coming up on The Medicine Podcast. So there's different types of orgasms and clitoral stimulation versus penetration elicits a different neurological hormonal response. What research has shared is the women who practice self-pleasure every single day through clitoral stimulation shares that they don't enjoy penetration anymore. What a woman can do by herself may be great, but what someone else can do for her actually might be better. Welcome back to the Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi and I am riding solo as a host today, but I have my wonderful, good friend, beautiful, shining light in this world. Barry, welcome back to the Medicine. I'm so happy to have you again. Thank you so much for having me. I think what, third time's the charm? Yeah, I think this is number three. I love it. And we'll yeah. just keep it going, you know, like you're one of those people where I probably just like, I want to just count on having you on probably just at least once a year. I think that's for sure. I mean, it's done. Yeah. yeah. This is our third year of podcasting now. So we're right on track. Yeah. I'm so excited, especially with today's topic too, mm-hmm. because I feel like every time you have me on, I'm saying something. Yeah. You were the perfect person for this topic. Like what we're talking about today for the listeners is unpopular opinions in the realm of women's health. And when I thought about this as a topic, I was like, I got to talk to Barry. Like you do such a great job of balancing education and compassion for people, but also not letting people get away with their own bullshit. And I like to dance in that realm, that balance. I try to be balanced in that way because really, if we're not speaking truth, if we are letting people, encouraging people to continue their own BS stories, whatever that is, we're not doing them any favors. We're not actually helping. And it's something that we're going to be talking about a lot today. And so I knew you were the perfect person to join me in this conversation Um, so first, before we jump into the unpopular opinions, we each are sharing three of our unpopular opinions. Um, can you give our listeners, if this is the first time that they're hearing you on the podcast, can you give them a kind of brief background on who you are and what you do in the world today? Yes, I'm the honest friend. That is who I am. Um, I think we all have that one friend who just tells us the truth. Um, but you know, aside from being the honest friend, I am the lead fertility awareness educator behind optimize your flow, which is really this education platform focused on bridging that knowledge gap between patients and their providers, because like, there's so many things that come to women that make us feel disempowered in general, but especially when it comes to our bodies. So I teach you how to feel really fluent in your own body's language. And, you know, beyond that, I'm a content creator, podcaster. Um, I don't really think of myself as an influencer, but like, you can say that, but yeah, yeah. I am also a partner. I have, you know, uh, a new person. He's in my life that has become a very big part of my life. I never thought I would say that, but you know, that's who I am and that's what I do. I love it. Yeah. You've been, um, I was thinking today, actually, I was in the shower and I was thinking about like, oh yeah, I got a you know, podcast with Barry. Um, and I was just thinking like, 
it's so wild that you and I have never actually hung out in person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) because like, I think of you as like one of my genuine friends, but I'm like, we haven't even like ever hugged in person, which needs to change. I think in the, in the future. It's on my list for this year. Like getting out to San Diego is on my list. Like I want to take a massive trip every quarter. Um, I'm starting with uh, Austin in March. I'm going to South by Southwest because your girl's in the documentary. I don't know if I told you that. No, I didn't. That's amazing. And then for Q2 and Q3, I'm still trying to figure out where I'm going, but I feel like like San Diego, I should just make it happen. It's going to happen. That's it. It's on the list. It's done. Okay, great. We're speaking it into existence. I love it. Yeah. And it's, um, it would be, we would love to have you. We would love to hang out uh, because you were just an absolute like soul sister for me. I swear we've had previous lives together. (laughs) A hundred percent. Like whenever I talk about you to someone, they're like, oh, how do you guys know each other? (laughs) Through the internet. (laughs) But like how? Yeah. Instagram? Like, what do you mean? Like you just know when you know kindred spirits as they say. We speak the same language. Um, So I usually ask people, what do you love in your life so much that you wish you could gift to every human? You've been on before. You've answered that question before. I want to start somewhere else. Can you tell us your sun, moon, and rising signs? (laughs) Yeah. All right. I see sun. Okay. So like, I really am, in my opinion, a dreamer. A cancer moon. So I do feel things very deeply, which is why it's so great to be in on this conversation because like everything comes from a personal conviction, but the Virgo rising that I have, Oh yeah, I can see that. The Virgo rising is what gets everyone together. It's like what allows people to receive what I have to say in love, but also it's just like, Oh, she meant it. You know, the Virgo rising is the, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is great. My sisters are Pisces. Chase has a cancer moon. And I absolutely love Virgos because it's like, what's the truth? What's right? How can I implement this? And how can I share this with others? And so I can totally see all of that. What a fun combination. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) For the listeners who don't know, I'm a Leo sun, Libra moon, and Taurus rising. Oh my gosh. My, my like soulmate, he is quite literally a Taurus. He's a double Taurus. His oh, sun wow. sign is Taurus and his his moon is Taurus. He's no clue what it means, but <laughs> I'm just like, now I get it. Earth yeah. and water. Yeah. No, I love it. Well, that, that it, it's clear why we you and I mesh so well. For sure. For sure. And I'm just, now that I know that, now I know your rising sign, it makes sense to me why I'm like, we just get each other. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll step out of this love bubble and we will get into the meat, so to speak, of the of the episode. Um, and I thought we would start with your first unpopular opinion and we can kind of just alternate, go back and forth, share openly from our heart. And remember, as the listener viewer, these are our unpopular opinions. Um, we are not trying to convince anyone of anything. If you hear something that doesn't resonate with you, that you don't quite agree with, that's okay. That's totally fine. One of the core values of the Medicine Podcast is to create space to hear unpopular opinions, to hear honest dialogue, to go deep into topics that maybe other people in your life 
don't want to touch on or don't feel comfortable touching on. This is what our society needs more of in the form of a macro nutrient is deep, honest conversation and the ability to have healthy, civil uh, disagreements or just open dialogue where people can share authentically, honestly, without the fear of being canceled, being ridiculed, or at the end of the conversation, um, erupting in anger or anything like that. So we are just open sponges. And I, I encourage you to just continue to have an open mind, take what resonates, leave the rest. All right. Disclaimer over. <laughs> <laughs> You're so kind about it. Okay. So I actually decided that the way I'm going to say this is just like very direct. My first unpopular opinion is that balancing hormones is bullshit if you have a period. And the reason that I say that is because I think we are all so consumed in the health space with balanced hormones, balanced hormones. But let's be real. If we're looking at a scale, right, there's one side that should be equal here and one side that should be equal there, right? And to be in balance, they would have to be at the same level. But throughout your menstrual cycle, your hormones are constantly fluctuating because that's how you're designed. So the idea that you can actually balance these hormones is just kind of bullshit right now. And I do say that with love, but I say this with truth because I know that the first half of our cycle is estrogen dominant. The second half of your cycle is progesterone dominant, which means it's not estrogen dominant. Those two hormones, just staying with those two, are never truly balanced. So like, how could you balance your hormones? Mm -hmm. Yes. And what would happen if we were moving through life with hormones actually balanced? We probably wouldn't feel balanced in our bodies, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, there, it's one thing to have a baseline, right? Or like the sliding scale to fall within. And that's what I think a lot of people don't understand is when it comes to hormonal health, we have a range that we will fall within. And as long as you fall within that range, it's good. Now the outliers, that's the, the quote unquote imbalance. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what phrase, because I think that the term or the phrase balancing your hormones is sort of this like colloquial phrase where what the person means is feeling balanced and getting your hormones to a healthy place, like where they should be. And we just use the term or the phrase balance your hormones, but really that's not actually what's what's happening. So what phrasing or language do you use when you're teaching your clients and listeners and things like that? Hormonal harmony. We're not trying to balance your hormones. We're trying to create hormonal harmony because harmony can mean a lot of different things. But for me, when I'm talking about it, it's creating an environment within our bodies, within our life that is peaceful and allows our hormones to fluctuate without being like so scattered in all of these other directions. So like you're not in this state of fight or flight, you're in a state of rest and digest. When you are in hormonal harmony, when you are in that state, I mean, listen to the word harmony. 
Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, we know there's this like song that's playing. It's the symphony of like, oh, I feel really good within. So I teach my clients achieve hormonal harmony. Now, how you do that? There's a lot of different things we can do. We can get really esoteric with it, or we can get really tactical with it. It all honors our menstrual cycles and doesn't like, oh, it doesn't lie to us. I was going to say it doesn't gaslight us, but like, I, I just really am not loving the word gaslight right now. So like, yeah, that's what I say. It's like achieving hormonal harmony because then it gives you one, a physical permission slip to ebb and flow with your cycle. And it acknowledges the truth that the fluctuation is there. So I love that so much. And it makes me think of this phrase that I put on my Instagram, I don't know, last year at some point, a balanced feminine is a little unbalanced. And what I mean by that is the exact same what you're talking about, but from the sort of energetics of the masculine and feminine dynamic, because the feminine by nature is cycles and seasons Mm -hmm. and ups and downs and emoting there's nothing balanced (laughs) about that and i think that we get into uh, a troublesome space when we as women who naturally women are more feminine dominant when we're talking about the energy of masculine and feminine which is i'm I'm getting into now one of my unpopular opinions i'll try to hold off but no go go i mean is that If you are really in touch with your feminine energy, then you are going to allow yourself to feel the feelings that come up for you, to emote when it's necessary, to let your partner in by way of, hey, I'm feeling really big emotions right now and this is why or whatever. So you're not like this flat line. Flat line is death really. It's ultimate stillness, which is the ultimate masculine. So this is, I I love this because I'm speaking from the energetic side and you're speaking from the physiological hormonal side, which is, and it just makes sense that these two, that this is what's going on. Um, And I I experienced this, um, you know, a few days ago, like the day before I started my period, I was kind of a wreck. Like I was crying all day about something that I won't get into, but like, and I just felt kind of like silly for it. And then I thought like, wait, I'm going to be starting my cycle within the next couple of days. Like, this is okay. I just have more things surging in me right now. Maybe I'm a little bit more sensitive to whatever the thing is. And I I think that we get into trouble when we try to deny those parts of ourselves or in the case of physiologically, if we actually tried to balance our hormones, like you'd be unbalanced. <laughs> you'd feel unbalanced. You literally would. And like, I do want to say this. Sometimes balance can be boring. (laughs) Yes. And as women, like we like to be a little feisty, a little fiery, you know, and that's okay. You know, so that is my (laughs) very unpopular belief. Yeah. No, I love that. And it's, it's so important. And, um, we, we don't have time today to get into like, what are all the things that women can do to get into, hormone harmony, but that's your, that's 
your mission in life is to help women do that. So I encourage you if you're listening and you are, you know, you have been on this mission of quote unquote balancing your hormones to use that misleading phrase. If that's where you're at and you're looking at, okay, how do I harmonize my hormones more? Go follow Barry, check the show notes for the links, follow her, get in her programs. I I trust her implicitly with this aspect of of womanhood. <laughs> I am unwell. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, tell us yours a little bit more in depth. What's your like first one and like really shape it for us so that like my little brain can understand. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we're jumping around because this wasn't my first one on the list, but I'll I'll go kind of out of order here because I already touched on it. Um my unpopular opinion is that men and women are not the same. <laughs> and I, I'm pausing there because back in 2015, if you were to say that out loud, it would be like, yeah, duh. Like, yeah, men and women are not the same. They're completely different. I don't know how we've gotten to the state in 2023 where when you say that men and women are different fundamentally, that that's somehow... Um, a negative, that that's somehow a charged topic or an unpopular opinion. I don't know how exactly we've gotten there, but we've gotten there to some degree. And I think that this is a really dangerous place to be, honestly. Um, if And let me just clarify here that I'm not saying that men and women from their value are are not equal. I, I believe that value and worthiness and what we deserve to experience in life, um, our fundamental value and worthiness as a human soul, of course, that is equal. But I do not think that men and women are the same, nor should we be treated ex- as if we are the same, I'll say. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is... Um, This is a charged topic because a lot of people in our society today are trying to blur the lines completely. So instead of having yin and yang, we have this middle gray area where we just like don't really know what's going on. And that I think can be dangerous because our context for reality relies on polarity. Polarity being the yin and yang, the up and down, the right and left, east and west, dark and light, right? Our context for life depends on us knowing the difference in a, in a, in a polarized situation. And when we blur the lines or get rid of that completely or say that it's not important, Reality as we know it will start to, I think, crumble and will do no favors to the coming generations who don't have that context and that firm grasp on reality. Um, And so one thing I thought of when I was thinking about this topic was last year I ran a course called Deep Love and I was helping women 
experience deeper love for themselves, but then also in their relationship or future relationships. I won't get deep into it, but essentially every woman that I spoke to that was a part of this course with me basically told me and explained, um, admitted to having adopted masculine shells to move through life. We as feminine beings, just so everyone knows that I only had women in this course. It was a, a women's only course. And it was as if we are, as women are moving through life and we learn how to adopt masculine shells and masculine ways of being to advance our career, to get noticed by our parents, to achieve, to make a name for ourselves. We believe as women that we have to adopt these masculine shells. They become part of our personality or our persona. And we move through life not knowing that that's not essentially what our essence is. And when I was explaining this concept to the women in this deep love experience, they it was they were sharing that like once they knew that they could let go of those masculine shells and just be comfortable and free in their femininity it was like a weight was being lifted off it was like oh my gosh i can finally take a deep breath i don't need to keep holding on to this and so what that tells me is that a lot of women are moving through life trying to be more like a masculine or a, a, a man. They're trying to operate from their masculine energy only and not allowing this free flowing, beautiful, feminine, ebb and flow, seasonal femininity. And so um, that would be my unpopular opinion um, is that men and women are not the same and we shouldn't be treated as if we are the same. I do believe that Every person has varying degrees of masculinity versus femininity, and it's it's like a spectrum, and we all maybe fall a little bit in a, a different place on that spectrum, but essentially we do have either a feminine essence or a masculine essence. We tend to rest either on the masculine side or the feminine side, and it just happens that most women fall on that feminine side. Most men fall on the masculine side. Of course, there's exceptions, but I think it's a dangerous place to dance where we get rid of that, those opposite ends of the extreme and everyone's living sort of in the gray. Um, I think that that is, I think that that's a dangerous place to be. And um, I think that people would be more fulfilled, balanced, and ultimately happy if they were able to just accept that feminine or masculine essence fully rather than trying to change it or express it as different just to move through life um, and get through life. So, but I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Hey friend, if you deal with brain fog, memory lapses, and sluggish thinking, then you need to try Qualia Mind. 
When it comes to nourishing the brain, Qualia Mind is hands down the best that we've tried. When I take it, I feel less distracted and I notice that I spend less time searching for the right words, whether I'm writing or speaking. This is because Qualia Mind was designed by a team of committed scientists using the most bioavailable ingredients to support the four pillars of cognition, energy, focus, memory, and drive. After only a few days, most people feel more mental energy, deeper mental clarity, attention, and focus. In fact, if you don't have clearer thinking in 100 days, they'll give you your money back. And right now, they are giving listeners of the medicine an insane deal. $100 off your first order. To try the best brain fuel on earth, go to neurohacker.com forward slash the medicine. That's neurohacker.com forward slash T-H-E-M-E-D-I-C-I-N to get your first bottle for only $39. Or just check the show notes below for the direct link. Cheers to happy, productive brains and cheers to Qualia Mind. Okay, back to the show. I love this because I can second this all day biologically, physiologically. Somebody's going to get pissed, but I don't care. Listen, men reset every 24 hours. Women reset every 21 to 34 days, according to the ACOG. So clearly we're different. Mm -hmm. I don't care how many bioidentical hormones you try to take. At the end of the day, if we're looking at paper, you will see the difference. And like, you know, for me, I don't think there's much discussion to be had yeah. about that. And I say that because, you know, you can lean into the energetics of it. And we can all acknowledge that. I mean, we can all see how women have been raised to be good men. I mean, look at the nine to five work schedule, mm -hmm. right? And how that doesn't honor the fact that like women work differently throughout the month because our brain quite literally changes throughout the month. Mm -hmm. So someone could say like, Mimi, I don't agree with you. And then I would be like, okay, our physiology says we are fundamentally different. Mm -hmm. And that's actually okay. Because if we were to look at nature, mm -hmm. there's only a handful of like asexual beings, right? I think seahorses are like one. I'm not saying we're seahorses, obviously, but when you look at mammals, Mm -hmm. I don't know of any asexual mammals. There's always one mammal giving and one mammal receiving to create another life for more energy. And like at the end of the day, that is what we are here to do, which is probably another unpopular opinion. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I, I second your opinion through and through, and that's just me looking at it from a physiological standpoint. Yeah. And of course I can't, um, you know, again, I'm not here to convince anyone. This is, this is my personal opinion, but, um, if I have a daughter, I am going to fully embody and try to teach her that it is beautiful. It is amazing. It is so fulfilling to be a woman, to experience all that being a woman is, um, and I think that we would be a lot better off. I'll end with this. One of my teachers um, who I've, I've has just changed my life. Her name is Alison Armstrong in this area of masculinity and femininity. Um, 
we would, we will be much better off when we can acknowledge and celebrate the differences between men and women rather than demonizing them or just making everything a weird shade of gray. We mm. need polarity to exist in reality. So I'll leave it there. No, no, nice I'm not done with that. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. Done. <laughs> so my partner, he has a, an almost three-year-old daughter and she is a little fireball but she's seeing the dynamic in the difference. Daddy leaves and leaves the house and goes to work. Barry stays at home and goes to work. She sees me do the cooking and the cleaning and we're okay with these like tr more traditional gender roles. But she's also learning the strength and the power of the woman mm -hmm. because Although daddy protects the home, Miss Barry sets the tone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he brings she, energy. She sees it. So like when daddy's having a rough day and maybe she's having her tantrums, mm -hmm. I'm calm, cool, and collected till I'm not. <laughs> and I make it very clear. Like everybody, like this morning we had an incident where she was having a meltdown. Daddy was having his meltdown. And I said to her, you need to change your behavior before mine changes. <laughs> this is completely unacceptable from both you and your father. I love it. Everybody's energy changed. Everybody's <laughs> energy changed, right? And so like that goes to show that like we are different and it's okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like the gray sometimes when it's fruitful, but like, yeah. yeah. I just yeah. needed to share that because I feel like when we're thinking about like the next generation, we kind of forget how many mixed messages and mixed signals they're getting. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, not a lot of people want to stand in their truth mm -hmm. or stand for anything because sometimes it's easier to like, mm -hmm. don't just like it. agree with people in secret, but like never actually talk about it out loud. Which I, I, you know, I want to make the point that like we're calling these unpopular opinions, but I would guess, at least from the people who are listening to this right now, I can't speak for the global environment, of course, but I would guess that some of these unpopular opinions are actually not that unpopular. Mm -hmm. It's just that there's a very noisy few that we all hear. And we think that is the consensus reality. That is the consensus opinion when I don't think it actually is. So we're calling these unpopular opinions, but like, I think that probably most of them are actually the majority or popular opinions. They're just maybe not said as much as the very loud few. And they're not said the same way either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like, you know, if you were to talk to a regular practitioner, they probably wouldn't say balancing hormones is bullshit. They'd yeah. be a lot more politically correct, but yeah. I kind of feel like political correctness is um, out being real is in. Yeah. Let's so. make it, let's make it happen. Okay. We are. Shall so I? yes, keep going here. Your second <clears throat> unpopular, but maybe not so unpopular opinion. <laughs> My second unpopular opinion, I guess the best way to say this is that self-pleasure with a vibrator is not as great as everyone thinks. 
Mm, Tell us why. So there's different types of orgasms and clitoral stimulation versus penetration elicits a different neurological response and hormonal response. And I think that this kind of actually piggybacks off of you (laughs) in a way, in the sense of what a woman can do by herself may be great, but what someone else can do for her actually might be better. Mm. And I say this as someone who I don't really know too many things about the differences in terms of like actual nuances and statistics when it comes to penetration versus clitoral stimulation. Like I don't have the facts of everything straight yet where I'm super fluent in it. But what I can say is what research has shared is the women who practice self-pleasure every single day through clitoral stimulation shares that they don't enjoy penetration anymore, which means you're not enjoying the connection with your partner. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really unpopular to hear someone say that this isn't as great because I think that that human connection is so key, whether it be a physical one or an emotional one. especially in lieu of 2020, where we could not come together anymore. Now we crave connection and community on a deeper level because once it was basically illegal. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I think that that's great. And, and what you're hitting on is sort of the women's version of, um, I would say a man looking at porn every day. You create, I'm not saying they are the same. I'm saying they're different versions of the same like thing behind the thing, which is you're creating a a neural pathway in your brain of this is how I get turned on. This is how I orgasm. And it's this kind of one way. It's maybe quick, it's transactional, and uh, there's no like deep connection involved. Right. And so then if that, if you're training your brain, that this is the only way that I get turned on an orgasm, then when you come together with your partner, whether you're a woman, a woman who's using a vibrator, um, every day, or you're a man looking at porn, you know, every day, like you're creating a certain pathway in your brain, which I think complicates the issue when you do get into relationship, um, then you're, the actual like having a body in the flesh with you it's almost like unfamiliar territory for your brain and you your brain's like hold up I thought that we got turned on and orgasmed from the one thing that you've been doing every day for the last year what is this what is this business (laughs) so it, it can be confusing and I think also one of the deeper levels of it is there's still this hidden taboo around sensuality and sexuality as a woman. Mm-hmm. And so when you are using a vibrator, you can kind of hide maybe the parts of yourself that are not healed yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, like there could be trauma that is actually like in your body mm-hmm. from past experiences or things that have happened that you haven't fully worked through. And I think that a woman who is fully empowered in her sexuality, sensuality, spirituality, all the alities, okay, is a different kind of woman in the best way. 
But when you remove true sexuality and sensuality, you don't turn on the side of yourself that really is super incredible because you're still afraid of that side of yourself. Totally. Oh yeah. I can totally see that. And also what I thought of it's, it it could be, I'm not saying every case is, but it could be a yang excise excess, meaning masculine dominant where the, the essence of feminine is to receive, right? She's open. She is empty. She is receiving, right? Masculinity is penetration is giving. Anytime you're in a giving mode, you're actually in the masculine role. Anytime you're in receiving mode, you're in your feminine. So if homegirl has a hard time receiving because she maybe doesn't think she's worthy or she doesn't know how to open and become vulnerable with a lover or with her partner such that he can gift her pleasure, right? If she feels unworthy in any way or she hasn't healed like you're talking about, it could be more comfortable for her to just give to herself. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with self-pleasure practices. I really don't think that there is. I think it's just we need to be aware of the neural pathways that we're creating and really examine, is this comfortable for me because I haven't healed certain aspects of my own inner world? Not saying it's bad. It just requires us to flip on the light and start to get curious about what that experience is like for us. I will say this. If your self-pleasure practice is replacing something or someone or filling a specific void is a problem. Mm -hmm. Because you're walking around unhealed and then projecting things onto other people. And maybe you're not even aware of it. And the only reason this came across to me as this unpopular opinion in the first place is like, I was watching a girl on TikTok talk about how she was manifesting her best life, utilizing self-pleasure, but how she was feeling like she didn't need a man or she didn't need a partner or anything like that. Like she was like, I can just go through life. And it It's not to say you have to have someone in your life, but like for me, I was immediately like, that's wounded feminine energy walking around if I've ever seen it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like we got to talk about it. These are not, and I'm not going to go on a tangent. Yeah, We'll talk about it. It's just whatever you want to create in your life. If she wants to create a life where she's going solo and that's what she wants and she never wants to have a partner, like, cool, you get to have that prerogative, but I don't think that that's the majority of people. I think the majority of people want to create loving, fulfilling, deep connection with a partner of some kind in their life at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my second unpopular opinion. Your turn. Balls in your court. No, I love that. That's so great. Okay. My second unpopular opinion right now is... You cannot be healthy at any size if what got you to that size is unhealthy. So which doctor are you calling? (laughs) (laughs) So what I mean by this is, you know, I think that probably most people are aware of this like um, 
healthy body, healthy size, universal body love. Um, I can be healthy at any size type of movement that's going on. And I will just throw the disclaimer out that I, I do believe that we should love our body no matter what we're expressing on the outside, but not to confuse loving and accepting your body or rather not, um, not to confuse accepting your body with actual loving practice, healthy, loving practices for your body. So let me elaborate a little bit here. It, it can go both ways. It can swing both ways. From my own experience back in 2018, 2019, I was living um, in full orthorexic unhealthy tendencies where I was way too perfectionistic with my food. I had attributed value um, in the ba- in the sense of that food is good, that food is bad. If I eat that food, that means I'm bad. If I eat that food, that means I'm good. I was fully attaching my identity as a human to which foods I ate. Mm-hmm. Pairing that with over-exercising in the name of health. I was a health coach. I knew exercise was good for you. I knew that you should eat whole foods mostly, but it got to a point, which is the definition of orthorexia, is taking healthy practices too far to the point where they become unhealthy. So I looked banging in a bikini, but I couldn't digest any food. I was you know, the smallest I had ever been and had a six pack or defined abs at least, but I had cystic acne blowing up on my face. And there was uh, many, many other external manifestations, um, symptoms that I was going through. But if you just were visually to look at me, I looked pretty good. I looked thin. I looked really lean. And that for me was unhealthy because the practices that I was engaging in to get me to that size were not healthy. And we can swing the other way where there's sort of this growing acceptance of obesity, not as a disease, but as a state of being. And we should just accept it, not speak to it, not try to change it. That's just who they are. That's fine if that's what you decide, but I won't participate in the delusion that the unhealthy practices that likely got you there make you healthy. I'm not going to participate in that delusion. That eating junk food, fast food, um, sleeping four hours a night, drinking diet soda every day or monster energy drinks every day, um, not moving your body, I'm not going to pretend that that's healthy. So that's my unpopular opinion that you can't be healthy technically at any size if what got you there are unhealthy practices. If we continue to just move the goalposts or redefine what health is, then yeah, people might be able to throw uh someone who has so someone who is overweight into the healthy camp if the definition has been changed in Google or Wikipedia or whatever that doesn't mean that what's happening on the inside of your body is healthy that doesn't mean that just because now there's more body body positivity out there that inside 
you're not wrestling with cardiovascular disease, that inside you're not wrestling with um, diabetes, that inside you're not at a greater risk of cancers and other chronic disease and illness. So we can change the definition all we want. The biology, the physiology of what's going on in your body mm-hmm. isn't going to change. So we're, we are doing a disservice to individuals and humanity at large if we just continue to say that you can be healthy at any size. I don't believe that we we can. Hey friend, how many of us at some point in our journey have thought we had to give up coffee in order to be healthier? I definitely have. But I learned that it wasn't the coffee that was making me feel crappy. It was the 92% of coffee beans that are covered in pesticides, glyphosate, and microscopic mold. I'm glad that didn't last long before I found my holy grail of healthy coffee, King Coffee. This is a combination of organic, mold-free, pesticide-free coffee and reishi mushroom spores, which supports every system in my body. Circulatory, endocrine, cardiovascular, immune, nervous system, and more. It's even anti-parasitic. Switching to King Coffee has honestly been one of the best decisions I've ever made for my overall health. To learn more about King and level up your coffee experience, go to themedicinemedicin.com forward slash coffee, themedicine.com forward slash coffee. All right. Enjoy. Cheers and love. I agree. (laughs) And I don't say that because we're friends, but I think it's really true. I think it's like one of those things where a lot of times we forget that health, health and healthy are states of being. And also that comes from all aspects of our health, our personal health and well-being, right? When we're thinking mind, body, spirit, our financial health and well-being, like, you know, there's a lot of things that get pulled into this umbrella, but I agree through and through. And like, I think a lot of times when you hear a statement or an unpopular opinion such as yours, we immediately go to the obesity conversation and then people want to like feel as if people are attacking people who are you know in this state but like orthorexia is like a real thing and I think that you know we don't have that conversation enough and so I'm really grateful that you actually shared that with us and like brought up your own story because I know that that's not something we talk about a lot Mm -hmm. you know and yeah it can well, happen I, on any either end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So it's not just obesity. It's also showing up for women who think that they need to continue to shrink themselves to fit whatever current fad is popular for women's beauty, right? Mm-hmm. Like right now, it's like the Kim Kardashian body, tiny waist, big boobs, big butt. Even if you have to, you know, have surgery to get there, like, or totally manipulate your body in an unhealthy way, like who cares? That's what's beautiful right now. Like we are told these lies in diet culture all the time. So it goes both ways. This pendulum swings <laughs> both ways for sure. Yeah. Don't even get me started on all the unhealthy <laughs> things that I see on a regular basis. And oof. yeah, like, I just got a question for the like Kim Kardashian body community that is paid for, not built. Um, I guess arguably plastic surgery could be considered like built. Um, 
but like I mean like people who are like building their bodies through weightlifting mm -hmm. did anybody else think about like how toxic silicones are or is it just me No, I think it's becoming more of a conversation like okay. the, um, you know, breast imp implant illness yeah. thing. And I think people are becoming more aware of it. Um, yeah, it's just, I'm not here to like demonize anyone, whatever you choose to you to do to your body is your choice for sure. But don't kid yourself along the way, telling yourself that this is healthy, natural, it's going to be fine. Like, probably it's not going to age well, honestly. Like, so uh, do whatever you want, but just don't kid yourself along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Your last one here. So initially the way that I was going to say this, I've decided I'm not going to say it that way anymore. Okay. But my unpopular opinion is the statement, my body, my choice, that statement is toxic. Mm. Please explain. So oftentimes when people say this, it applies only to abortion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, what you choose to do with your body is entirely up to you. But I think that statement applies to all things when it comes to our bodies. Like you, what you choose to do really is up to you. But what I'm constantly noticing is that statement is so polarizing and gets people on so many like, this is this, that's that. When at the same time, like if you really listen to it, most people have this very same belief around what they get to choose. They simply want the right to choose what is best for them. Mm -hmm. And so the statement, my body, my choice has become toxic because it always pits, pits left and right against each other. Mm -hmm. When really, I think that a lot of people, although they may not agree specifically on abortion, I think everyone agrees on, I should be able to choose what I do with my body. Yeah. So yeah. I guess that's why I would say the statement, my body, my choice is a toxic statement because like, where, where was that energy when the vaccine came out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's like cherry picking, right? It's, it's a statement that, um, a lot of people who maybe identify as leaning left agree that a woman should be able to choose what she does with her body in regard to abortion specifically magically a few months prior or a few months after time is like not even existent anymore i don't know where we fall on the global crises and everything but a few months on either side of that they were up in arms wanting people to inject an experimental pharmaceutical against their will or being coercive right um and so that uh, if that's a principle that you live by my body my choice you also have to extend it to other people and not just when it's convenient for you mm -hmm. right and i think <clears throat> to play devil's advocate i've heard this argument well my body my choice it applies when it's just your body, when we're talking about the virus, that also affects other people. And that logic breaks down because in the case of abortion, you're also talking about 
another body. You're talking about the body that's inside your body, but you're still talking about essentially another tiny human, right? Well, you're talking about the body that helped also to create the body that's inside your body. Yeah, that's true. But we leave them out of the conversation time and time again. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, I think, yeah, definitely uh, an unpopular opinion, but it's certainly an opinion that I hold, which is to just reiterate, if you're going to choose to believe in the notion of it's my body, I should be able to choose what I do with it. You also have to extend that (laughs) to other people across the board. And I think that that's what I'm noticing is people don't want to extend it. They, like you said, they're cherry picking. Like I know my personal stance on what I would choose in my body in terms of abortion. I, if I had to, I wouldn't have an abortion. That is my personal belief. But I also was not trying to take away somebody else's like opportunity to do that and have that choice. While I may not agree with it, I can't tell you. Right. And like, I'm not, I'm politically homeless. I just be living. I just be living and like stand in my truth. And I think about like the collective, especially with like the platform I have, I have to think about those things. So like, yeah, that's, yeah. again, just if you're going to say that, keep that same energy. If you're going to say my body, my choice, keep that same energy when it comes to the body. Okay. Everything. Yeah. Like, just keep that same energy. If not, you're toxic. Like, that statement is toxic. It's so charged up. And I'm yeah. just like, turn down. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. so yeah. You're going to love this. Um, uh, a man that we interviewed, actually, his his podcast episode came out this week. His name is Jonathan Bluestein. And he is like a, a philosopher type martial artist. And he, in his book, shared politics can only move left and right. The reason why you and I are politically homeless is because consciousness moves Moves up up and down. Yep. And that's where I'm putting my energy is in my consciousness, not in the left and right conversation of, you know, liberal versus Republican, conservative, whatever. Like, I don't want to exist there. And um, I think that people get stuck in that left and right, back and forth, and nothing ever moves forward. Nothing never rises above. And so, um, yeah, if you're if you're feeling politically homeless right now, join the club. <laughs> like it's it's the new wave of uh, politics. Yeah, totally. The new wave of politics is actually consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Love it. All right, let's let's move to my last unpopular opinion here in women's health. And this really applies to both men and women. Um, so my unpopular opinion is that love alone is not enough to keep you together and keep you happy. What I mean is we are sold the lie from a very young age that love is all you need. Mm-hmm. that that really if you love each other everything's going to work out everything's going to be fine while i do think love is absolutely the highest essential nutrient that must exist in any conscious relationship 
love has to exist. But love alone is not enough to keep you together. There's so much more to the story. And, you know, back to Chase and I's story, uh, we loved each other (laughs) when we got divorced, when we were separated. Um, I probably would have said like, I'm not in love because we had both gotten so out of balance. Like I'm not in love, but I still have love for this person. I still want him to do well in life. I still have love for my heart in this, uh, for this person, but it wasn't enough to keep us together and to help us to create a really fulfilling relationship. And it takes Now that I'm in part two of our relationship, I see that it takes so much more than just love alone. It takes healthy communication skills. It takes interdependence, not codependence. It takes safety and freedom, facilitating a safe environment for your partner to show up in their most authentic self. If we don't feel safe and free to show our partner all of us, including the ugly parts, including the parts of ourselves that we don't want to highlight on Instagram. If we can't show our partner those aspects of ourself, our shadow, whatever you want to call it, we are not going to feel fully satisfied and fulfilled in our relationship because there will it will always feel like we're holding back a piece of ourselves which can lead to a lot of dysfunction in relationships. So there's so many pieces to the 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 conscious relationship creating the re- the relationship of your dreams puzzle and love is not the only piece. I don't really have anything to say. That's a fact. Like, I think that that's, I wish I had more to add, but, you know, as someone who we're in a very interesting relationship in terms of like consciousness and awareness, because, you know, I am very much so more spiritual, quote unquote, than like my partner is, but we have this understanding of each other that our ability to work through things and towards the same goal and work in parallel with one another Mm -hmm. is what's keeping us locked in Mm -hmm. you know at the end of a conversation or a disagreement rather how can we come home to each other Mm -hmm. we have the same values trust integrity respect love compassion Mm-hmm. you know, that guide us back to each other. Like I have never gotten into so many disagreements with somebody who's just so stubborn. He's a Taurus. Okay. He is yeah. a stubborn person. Whereas <laughs> I'm a Pisces. So I'm like, I can mold to him very yeah. easily, but I'm like, where are you meeting me at? You know? And when I get like very in my Virgo energy, he immediately will be like, okay. You know, cause I go Pisces first and then I get emotional and sensitive into my cancer. Okay. <laughs> and then after a while, my Virgo is like, get up, like, you know, like get it together, you know? But what I notice is we're constantly working. We're constantly saying, Hey, this is what I need. And like, I would say, I would argue that effective communication might be the crux of that, like coveted love that we all want 
you know, that happily ever after. If you can effectively communicate as a woman and feel safe, and then your partner can receive it or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's the love like that right there. That hits different. But if you're just going to be like, I'm so happy. Like, yeah, it takes, yeah, it takes more than love. Um, love cannot fully express your feelings in a conscious way only, you know, like love has to be a nutrient and ingredient, but you also need communication skills. You also, I think, need curiosity and compassion for yourself and your partner in relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we don't have those, that's when it feels like, man, we love each other, but we just can't get on the same page. We just can't get in alignment. And I think that that's really common. And and to to piggyback on what you're saying, communication is absolutely one of the biggest pain points for women. I'll say people in general, but specifically women is who I speak to and who find me and you know generally are asking me for advice and such. And last year when I did the deep love course, I sent out, you know, a bunch of surveys, you know, talking to hundreds and hundreds of women. And I would say probably 85% of the answers when I would ask, what's your biggest pain point in your relationship? I would say at least 80 to 85% of people mentioned something about having a mismatch in communication or just not feeling like they could communicate their feelings well enough or that they knew how to communicate in a way that was not emasculating to their partner. Right. So this is, again, this is just piggybacking on what you're saying. Like we need curiosity and compassion so that we continue to learn about our partner and accept that they're not always going to be the same as the person that we got into relationship with staying curious and compassionate for our own experience in relationship, staying non-judgmental, and then also having a growth mindset, right? Like having a growth mindset together that like, we're going to keep learning about each other. We're going to keep dating each other. And as we move through the different stages and cycles of life, we probably can't anticipate exactly what are the hurdles and um, you know, difficult challenges or catalysts that we're going to move through or that we're going to um, approach. But we do have confidence in our ability to communicate. When you have confidence in your communication, you basically have this feeling that you can you can get through anything because mm-hmm. we can communicate about our experiences. And then when you combine that, right, and you're shining it up with the nutrient of safety and freedom in relationship, man, that's where, that's where the gold, that's where the juice exists in relationship, all of that together. And it's, it's so much more than love alone. Hey friend, are you like me looking for ways to age gracefully and beautifully, but also naturally? If so, then we must be aware of the nutrients that we are gifting our body and cells to resist premature aging. One of my favorite ways to do that is with Tremella mushroom. Tremella has been used for centuries for its unmatched cellular hydration, aka healthy glowing skin, by holding 500 times its weight in water. 
I get my daily tremella with Mushy Love Latte. This is Chase and I's delicious mushroom elixir that we formulated from scratch to support healthy, hydrated skin cells, shiny, strong hair, gut health, and robust immunity. My favorite way to enjoy Mushy Love is blended with cold milk. It seriously tastes like liquid graham crackers. You can also enjoy it steamed or blended into your vanilla protein shake or as a cinnamon swirly coffee creamer. To grab yours, go to getmushylove.com and use the code MEDICINE, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, for a nice discount. Cheers to aging gracefully and naturally. And I think that you know, I just want to kind of take a second to talk about communication, just like a quick second yeah. for any woman who is struggling to communicate with their partner. What I'm going to say is definitely considered unpopular, but I would highly encourage you to lean into evidence as opposed to emotion. And that's because the masculine mind, we know the masculine governs the mind, but it's so logical at times that it can't understand the feminine emotion. So one of the best things that I've been able to do in order to effectively communicate is feel everything, communicate. I just need to feel these emotions. And when I'm done feeling this, I'm going to come at you with, this is how I perceived everything. This is how I interpret it. Okay. I hear you. And like, listen, y'all, this little black girl over here, we got some sense, okay? <laughs> it's not too often I'll be like, I'm black, like you freaking know, okay? But <laughs> just know that the delivery is a little, it's a little spicy, if you will, right? Yeah. So like, I even have to change the tonality in the body language because one, as a woman, we think more thoughts than men. We feel deeper. That is quite literally like our gift, so that means that our body language, our tonality, all of that is getting thrown into however it is we're communicating. So I would highly recommend like if communication is the hardest thing for you and your relationship, lean into evidence mm-hmm. as you're navigating discussions as opposed to emotion. Like, you know, they say feelings or facts, not feelings because feelings are fleeting. Mm-hmm. I think it is also like feelings can be good feedback, you know, sort of like a weather vane of like what's going on in the relationship. It's not that we, I know you're not saying this, like feel the feelings, like listen to them, but also have the awareness to be able to come to your partner and explain it in a way that they can metabolize and digest. So a phrase that is really helpful in this way you know, sometimes we get into thought loops or stories that we tell ourselves based on the feelings that we're feeling, right? So a, an example would be, dude guy is working late every night of the week till say 9 p.m. And he he's working late and he's not really communicating with his partner. So she starts telling herself the story that he would rather be at work than be with her. So she's telling herself this story and she gets into a sort of depressive state. She's feeling even more disconnect than their physical body disconnect. She's not interested in intimacy because she's feeling disrespected or she's feeling unseen, unheard, unwanted. So she's telling herself this story, right? We've all done this to some degree in some form or fashion. 
if she comes to him and says, Hey babe, you know, can we talk for a second? Whatever, whatever. The story that I'm telling myself is that when you work late every night, that you would rather be working than be at home with me, spending time with me. Is any of that true? So the story I'm telling myself is blank. Is any of that true? This way, you are able to fully voice what you're feeling on the inside, but in the delivery process, you are admitting that it could be just a story and that it could be completely untrue. You are also allowing your partner the space to say, actually, yeah, it's it, it, you're not that far off and, and here's why. Or, oh my God, baby, no, oh my God, I can't, I, I feel so bad that you thought that. No, like I was just thinking that, you know, we're going on a vacation next month and I wanted to pick up some more shifts. I wanted to work some extra hours because I, I, you know, have been planning this vacation for us and I really want to give you the ultimate experience when we're there, right? Like in his mind, he's doing all that for her. (laughs) This is just one example, of course, but even just small phrases like that can really help with the the healthy communication so that she feels like she's fully able to express the truth of her heart, but he's able to hear it and respond in a way that is he can metabolize and digest and give feedback in also a healthy way. So that's just one example. I have like so many more of these little phrases that have helped me in my journey and with other women, but definitely, definitely one that helps. See, you're a lot more evolved than me. Okay. So (laughs) I'm actually going to give you an example that happened at the top of the month with my relationship because I knew the story I was telling myself. I also know how like it could be perceived to him if I delivered it a certain way. So my, my lovely partner is very involved with his children and he happens to be on the PTA, which is very different. You don't usually see guys in PTA, but one night, the PTA, like they were in a group chat and apparently like, let's just say it was a Tuesday night and they're going to go out for drinks after PTA meeting. PTA meeting starts at seven, usually ends at eight. It's nine, eight to nine. I'm thinking like, okay, he'll be back by like nine, nine 30. It's a Tuesday night. Okay. And I'm setting this up because as a woman, like we start processing everything a certain way. So it's a Tuesday night. We had the kids, the kids went down for bed. Dad's not home because he's at the PTA meeting. Then he's going out for drinks after. So it's me with these two little kids that did not come from my womb. Okay. (laughs) I love you. He walks in at about 1045. And I'm up working. Now, y'all know I was stewing and brewing because I'm sure you guys, as you guys are, as I'm telling you these details, you guys are probably thinking like, he did what? Yeah. Like, you know, like we have all these things. So I'm sitting there and he comes and sits down at the table. He's like, hey, I got you some food. And I'm like, okay. He's like, what's wrong? Are the kids okay? Like, did something happen? I was like, no, we actually had a great night. And we really did. He goes, so what's wrong? I looked down at my keyboard and I looked up at him and I said, I actually don't know how to communicate all that I'm feeling right now. 
Mm-hmm. And he goes, okay, can we talk about it? I was like, there's not much to say, but can you never go out till 1045 at night for drinks with the PTA moms again? <laughs> Because I didn't really know how to like verbalize yeah. all of these things. And he goes, what? And I was just like, I got a lot of emotions I need to work through right now. Mm-hmm. But it's 1045 on a Tuesday night. We have the kids. And I'm not okay with the fact that you were out that late. So can we just not, can you make sure? He's like, yeah, done. No problem. Mm -hmm. because I think as I verbalize I don't know how to say this but you can also see Barry's body language you know like and I'm like very and it was in that tone like there was no oh woe is me none of that it was like I don't know how to communicate but can we make sure this doesn't happen yeah so you know a little bit later he says to me what are you feeling I was like, well, I think it's crazy because I know if I was out with a group of men till 1045, on a, like he did say, like, what are you feeling? So I just gave him the sauce yeah. once yeah. he was ready to receive it because he could understand the discomfort. Mm-hmm. So if you're not as evolved as Mimi over here, okay, <laughs> it's actually okay for you to say, I don't know how to communicate this, mm-hmm. but if you know, ultimately, like this is the end in mind. Like, I don't want to have this conversation again, or I don't want this, or I don't like that. You can say, I don't know how to communicate this the best way, but can we not? Is it possible for this, like, in like yeah. that dropped, like, I think it kind of disarmed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I there was that. no feeling. It was yeah, just- it, it's very crystal clear communication. And, and the masculine does appreciate that. Um, I think maybe a, an added kind of asterisk on anyone who takes that approach, which I'm not saying that anything you did was wrong. I think it was actually probably pretty great. Um, you can also, like what you said, um, you know, ask their willingness, ask their willingness level. So mm-hmm. how willing would you be to not let this happen again? Right? Because- it's not that our partner has to succumb to a list of our demands, but it's fully expressing what you're comfortable and uncomfortable with, what is bothering you. But then we also have to bounce the ball back to our partner and say like, okay, this is where I'm at. How willing are you to engage with me in this way? Or how willing are you to do this or fulfill this need or whatever the thing is and give them a chance to respond, which you did. And if their willingness level is at like a two out of 10, you know, that's, that's good feedback that there's a mismatch of maybe values. Mm -hmm. And, but if their willingness level is at a seven, eight, nine, 10, like that's, that's pretty good. But we, we have to allow our partner to respond with their sort of willingness level, I think. And also, let me just say this. If at any point in time, your partner says, how are you feeling? I I almost would encourage you to say, are you ready to receive Mm -hmm. all of what I'm feeling? Because a lot of times as as women, I think 
we have so many emotions and so many different things. And like, maybe your partner just got in from work, see something's wrong, but like it actually isn't in the headspace yeah. to fully hear you. So then what you're saying could be coming out as an attack. Mm-hmm. Even though they said like, how are you feeling? I've learned that it's almost like reading the room again. Yeah. Assessing your state as you're communicating, assessing where they've just come from and what day they've had. Like those things all play like a key part. And I am no Mimi when it comes to deep love. Okay. I like to keep it real. Okay. Boo boo, don't do that. Okay. Like this is all very new for me, but I've learned so fast Mm -hmm. that it's just become this like second nature knee jerk reaction to see, okay, okay this is how the room is reading. I'm safe to say this because you never want to express your emotions or think you're safe to express your emotions. And then they're not received because then you immediately feel unsafe emotionally and also physically. And thank you for coming to my Ted talk. Yeah. No, I think that's great. It's a good, it's a really good point to add is you're setting, you're setting yourself up for success for you and your partner right? Instead of just unleashing on them when they walk through the door and they're totally caught off guard and maybe they get defensive and then you start wounding each other and one-upping each other and bringing up stuff from the past. Like that's totally ineffective, unhealthy, dysfunctional communication. What you're saying is kind of getting them, allowing them to get to a space where they are, are willing and able to receive whatever it is that you are feeling or wanting to communicate. So I think that is perfect. Absolutely perfect advice. Thanks. Yeah. I die. I die. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I have to say about your third point. I don't really have much to say. I mean, I could keep going, but I'm also- I know we could could keep going. Um, We went off on a tangent there, but again, like communication is so huge in relationships. So I'm not going to ever apologize for going above and beyond on really helping people with their communication in relationship, because if we don't have communication- what what do what do we have right so it is uh, a necessary ninja life skill for fulfilling healthy sexy passionate wonderful spicy loving relationship that's it that's all guys um four ladies. <laughs> Um, well, this is great. I had such, I had such a fun time. This was a a little bit different of an interview style, which, um, you know, Chase and I are always constantly talking about like, how can we be different? How, what can, what novel experience can we bring to our listeners? Um, so thank you for participating in this sort of novel way of, of interview style. My pleasure. And thank you for having me and letting me like jam on relationship stuff with you. Cause I don't really, people only want to hear about my opinion on periods, right? Um, Or fixing them. So like to be able to pour into people in a different way, I'm just eternally grateful for. So thank you. Yeah. Well, this was great. And I'm sure there will be many more to come with Barry and Mimi. Um, If people want more of Barry, which they definitely should, you have so much to offer this world. Um, Where can they find you? What are you offering? What are you really excited about right now? 
Yeah. So if you want more like realness, my podcast is called Perfect Periods, where we talk about the period of life you're in and really equipping you with tools to navigate that with grace and ease, but also your menstrual cycle period, like your menstrual bleed, right? That period. So just check out Perfect Periods on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Oh my God. Can't believe I just said that. And then <laughs> come hang out on Instagram or TikTok at Barry on Elberry. And if you are somebody who is really ready to honestly master your menstrual cycle so you can master your life. You can hang out with me on Instagram at optimize your flow. Myself or one of my team members will be there to support you or go to optimizeyourflow.com. And flow is spelled without the W on the end. Um, And my program is called flawless flow. Um, And that's just because at the end of the day, like I want everyone's period to be a little bit less flawed, but I also just like the word flawless. It gives like very like feminine Mm -hmm. energy activation. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a really great four week program where it's a bit of self-study and a lot of um, me consulting with you. So yeah, those are the places you can find me and all the things. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. And what's your, did you say your handle? At Barry on Elberry is my personal Instagram. Okay. And then at Optimize Your Flow is the like business one. Okay, cool. And all, of course, all the links will be in the show notes or the description box. Last question before we sign off and end this podcasting date. Um, the medicine podcast is all about leaning into the medicines that help us to create more consciousness, conscious relationships with ourselves, with each other, with our partner, with movement, with everything, right? With God. Um, but we're just going to bucket that all into one thing as life. What do you feel like right now for you is medicine? Self-concept work and belief. I think that over the last few years, um, but especially last year, I was shown a lot of shadows. I think I might have gone through my Saturn return, although it wasn't supposed to happen until I was 29. Um, I'm pretty sure it happened last year. Okay. Um, and it shook me to my core mm. to the point of like not recognizing who I was in the mirror. And so right now the medicine is really rebuilding the trust in myself through self-concept work and like believing deeply in myself. I think to the external world, it's like, oh, she's got it. But on the back end, I mean, you guys, I got bangs. Okay. (laughs) I got freaking bangs. And it wasn't like, just like a regular, like side bang. It was like the freaking Anne Hathaway devil wears product. Like bangs here. Okay. And then like short hair, because I didn't want everyone to truly see me. Mm, Wow. Because I was going through so much shadow. And like, I remember it started in my relationship, like trigger after trigger. And it was like, I know my relationship is a healthy relationship, but why are these triggers and traumas coming up that I didn't even know existed? Mm. Because I had to see everything that I had been hiding. Mm-hmm. And so the medicine right now is self-concept work and really like, just like relearning who I am, but mm. like the authentic me and believing in her, which she's awesome. So yeah, yeah. 
I think she's pretty awesome too. Um, no, I love that. That's great. And we all, we all have to do that for ourselves at some point in life, whether we get bangs or not. <laughs> we we all have to. So so are the are the bangs growing back out or you you keep Yeah, it? so the bangs are like they're pretty much gone now, but like they were we were here. I was wearing like just straight hair. My like blonde hair had grown out. I was wearing like blue eyeliner, which I'm probably going to keep wearing cuz it really does draw people to your eyes more when yeah. you have like dark eyes like I do. But, you know, I think for me, like I said, I just I needed to go through that season of uncertainty, that season, that valley, that like deep valley. I had to go through it. And I'm so grateful I kicked off 2022 the way that I did um, because I could have never been prepared Mm. for, I would say, Q3 to like the end of Q4 of 2022. Like I literally could not have prepared myself, but let me just say this. I'm so glad I'm on the other side. Like now I'm like, there's nothing that could throw me off my, like my, my anything anymore. Like I'm so laser focused, but I think that's what happens when you go into a new version of yourself. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of roles all integrating and converging at once where I felt out of control, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm a girlfriend, there's two little kids involved, like just so many different things. And yeah. I'm an entrepreneur, like who am I? Like, I think a lot of times we don't think about the transition from like the maiden to the mother mm-hmm. very often. Um, And I got that real fast, it felt like. Although they're not my children, I just remember that being like a gut punch for me was like having to prioritize somebody else's needs over my own. I'm like, wait, like thinking about somebody else's well-being before my own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when it's your own, you know, you can spend that nine months while you're pregnant, like kind of prepping yourself and things. Mm -hmm. But when you just get into relationship with someone who already has children, it's like, it's, it's not there. There's not as much like transition time where you can be really intentional about stepping into that new mother archetype. Like you might not be biological mother, but you are in the mother archetype when they're in your home. I mean, listen, I ghosted this man for like eight weeks before (laughs) we even went on our first date because I was just like, I don't want to be with someone that has kids. Mm -hmm. That was like, I was just like, I'm selfish. Like, (laughs) <laughs> no. And my mom was like, you should go on a date with him. Mm. My mom said that. And I was like, why? Like what? You know? And now I'm so grateful for that moment. But like I said, there was this converging of worlds that happened really fast for me that made me lose faith in like my ability to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And like, they don't lie when they say like, kids will show you, you truth and like these children are angelic but like at the same time it was taking on a relationship not just with him but also with the kids also with the family the Mm -hmm. ex-wife like all of these things and so I was like I kind of forgot who I was Mm. and now I'm like baby's back (laughs) let's go (laughs) no that's good we the world needs 
very full in her authentic self. So I'm, I'm so glad that you uh, were able to catalyze that and step into this newer, shiny version um, that feels grounded and rooted, but also flourishing, it seems. So um, yeah, I'm happy for you. That's great. Thanks, Grant. All right, you guys, thanks for hanging with us today. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you did, definitely go check out Perfect Periods. Uh, if you love Barry and what she has to offer, or if you're interested in getting your hormones into harmony, I cannot speak highly enough of the work that she puts out. It is top notch. Um, check the show notes for all the links and we will talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Okay, bye. Hey friend, thanks for listening. Did you hear anything today that expanded your mind, made you laugh, touched your soul, or caused you to think differently about this topic? I hope so. I invite you to share this episode with someone you love. It takes 30 seconds and has the potential for a great ripple effect. Our world needs more people having real, honest, and open-minded dialogue on big topics. And you never know, you may just change their entire day. We love you and appreciate you being here with us. Cheers.